Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Yay. We have had a great week in North Dakota, and cold. I just, cold. Yeah, was well, because you have you have orange juice for veins, but in your in your veins. But uh, we have had a wonderful week, and I I really want to share this with you because it has been inspirational to me. On um, what day was this? On Thursday this week, I was in Williston, North Dakota, teaching at the Williston Library. A group of students and and JC uh you were a bit under the weather you didn't come with me but the the room was full we had it we had over 50 people there and the majority of them were students and I'm telling you there were kids we we had them raise their hands and their age and they were six to 18 and it was so inspirational to me to see how excited they were to learn about the history of the Constitution. This, I I have to give their parents props because this was a great group of kids. They were actually active and responsive and involved and, and, they they were eating it up. They were having a, such a fun time learning about the history of the Constitution, and I don't know I don't know if I can really convey that with enough passion here on the radio for people to understand that that our children want to know this, mm-hmm. and they get excited when they hear this because it, they just want somebody to teach them history more than memorizing dates and dead people. You know, it's funny, I've been teaching this class to to the younger students for so long, I almost know when they're going to react. And and they love the picture of William II, who's also known as William the Red. Right. Yeah? So it's, he's a funny-looking dude. He's a really funny-looking dude. And, he's, and, the, and, the, and the history says he was covered from head to toe in really, really thick red hair. So much so, there were accounts that said if you saw him from the back, you would mistake him for a bear. That's how hairy he was. So you see this picture, and it's this man. He's just beard and hair, and, and they're all, they all go, ah, and they laugh, and they think he's hilarious, not like, not you know you don't have the hen you don't have the William the Second beard going on there. <laughs> he was like up to his eyeballs, and uh, and they just love this history, 
I had a a young man come up to me who, and I can't remember, it was 12 or 13, whose mom kind of started pushing him into speaking contests. And at 12 or 13, he's already made over $1,000 winning speaking competitions on the Constitution. Yeah, very cool. So I, you know, I had a... um, uh, we, I taught the legislators of the uh, state of North Dakota last week, and I had a legislator come up to me, and he gave me, JC, the, the, the typical um, um, frustration that many Americans feel today about the millennial generation, and mm-hmm. they're lost, and they're misguided, and they're going to destroy America. And I have to tell him, but please don't lump all of our younger generation into this. You know, we see this counterculture everywhere and we have parents now raising, intentionally raising their children to know the Constitution. And it's funny, this this young man who's won his competitions, he said, he says, you are an amazing speaker, Mrs. Hall. And I've been studying the Constitution now for months. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. And his mom said, yeah, we've been, we've been really hard at it. And she said, we've never, ever seen anyone present this history. Nobody. And she says, what's a shame is we've got all these pieces But by hearing this history class that you taught us, you have now given us a cohesive picture. Right. And people don't connect that to the Constitution. Like it's some separate history. Right. Well, not only that, we don't understand the importance of that history to understanding as a whole the meaning of the Constitution. So our Liberty First University students know this as the genealogy of the Constitution or the history of the Constitution where I go back to the Anglo-Saxons in 1041 and trace the documentation forward to our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution and Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. And these kids were so excited. I had an 11-year-old girl come up to me, and she was, it was so funny because it would, it it seems like how I would be if I got to meet Ravi Zacharias or something like, oh, yeah, or, you know, fangirl kind of thing going on, and it was so sweet. She came up to me, and she said, Miss Hall, I'm going to speak when I get older and teach on the Constitution, and I'm going to be as good as you are. was like oh that is my that is my caffeine for the month right my 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 gasoline to keep me going and I'm just sharing that with you because that's that's the inspiration that we need to find I told the legislator I said look these millennials didn't wake up every day of their life saying let's go see how many lies we can learn today They believe what they believe because we've taught them that their whole lives. Yeah, so teach them something different. Right, and that's what we, you know, we do the students and the and the parents. They were so excited, and I was really excited. We had some people drive from Montana to to hear the class as well. But I also want to talk, JC, before we, we move on to the, the topics of the day, the class that I taught the legislators uh, in North Dakota. So... We add North Dakota to our list of state legislators that have been taught the role, the constitutional role and duty of the state and local government. Now, I don't know 
Uh, I don't know much about the political climate in North Dakota. I did read their constitution. Very conservative. And these people, JC, oh my goodness, I think they were ready to... They were ready to storm the Bastille. And they gave me... So we went through the course about the establishment of the, the... The duty of the state legislator, the establishment of the states, the creation of the Constitution, the role... Uh, the, the separation of powers between the state and the federal government, and the duty of the state legislators to uh, bring this history... Or I'm sorry, to, to bring this security to their people by simply limiting the federal government so that the states are an essential enforcement of the Constitution. And they they were so great about it. You know, North Dakota is the state that has the state bank. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that when, when I get to te- speak to other state legislators, I'm always pointing to North Dakota. You know, you guys want real independence. You want to really secure the rights, the properties, the liberties of your people. Then you need to start a state bank. And then you can protect your people from, from federal asset forfeitures and seizures, right? And so I, I, I mentioned that to them. They were really excited that I'd been giving them some credit for that. And they're really proud of that. Mm-hmm. But JC, they asked me some amazing questions, so much so that I know that these guys are, and, and these men and women are going to take what they've learned and they're going to use it. They are going to take what they ha- what I taught them and put into action. They were taking pictures and taking notes and they had such great questions afterwards. And uh, I think that um, I was able to actually incorporate parts of the North Dakota Constitution into the, th- to the presentation to reaffirm their constitutional stance on the sovereignty of their own state. And I don't know, maybe maybe because it's fresh on my mind, I'm really sort of jazzed about the whole thing. But I w- I'm, I'm still praying that we can get this education in all 57 states. <laughs> Just teasing. I know there's not 57 states, but... No, from what little I gathered this week, uh, I mean, North Dakota seems to... They do it like it ought to be done as far as the state right. government and stuff. I mean, they, Right. Well, they have their challenges. Really on the ball. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah, they have their challenges. You know, they have the uh, those who want all their free stuff, and want those who like big government, and those who sure. are who are financially enslaved to the federal kickbacks. And but but they really have a refreshingly so human nature still exists in North Dakota. Yeah, human nature saying? never still exists in North Dakota. But they have a refreshingly sovereign attitude about the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't get into the whole, we don't get into the whole Federal Reserve thing and the banker thing and that sort of thing. But I do have to wonder, JC, if some of that, th- that passion and, 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 and clinging to sovereignty doesn't have to do with the fact that they actually do have their own bank. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said. Well, human nature, you said, but there's a lot to be said about financial security. And that gives you a sort of sense of confidence. And so I, I don't know. So I hope that you who are listening to this show today will be just as excited as I am about what we're doing with Liberty Tour 2019. Remember, go to chrisannhall.com, click on the calendar, see where we're going to be. We're going to be in Virginia and New York next. Mm-hmm. Long Island. 
And again, our friend uh, Barbara Samuels, leader of the Catholics for Freedom of Religion, is going to work us to death like she always does for the whole week in Long Island. And where are you at in Virginia? I don't know. Where am I at in Virginia? It's Patriot Network. Oh, that's right. Conference. The Patriot Network Conference in Virginia. I have it. I should have it on my my phone, but I didn't pull it up. That's April 17th. Is that right? It is right or, here. excuse me, 26th. It is April 26th at Doug Spur, Virginia. It is the Patriot Network Summit, and it is in the Kanawha Valley Arena Resort. Kanawha Ridge Road, Doug Spur, Virginia, and there's there's some pretty heavy hitters going to be there. I, I'm you know it's not just me, so it's actually a full conference, and so I'm I, you know I'm pretty excited about catching up with some some old friends and meeting some new friends and that sort of thing. So again, ChrisAnnHall.com, click on the calendar and make sure you can make it to to some of our trips here. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, Julian Assange and his arrest. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Don't forget, go to chrisannhall.com, click on the store, then find the Liberty First gear and get your Liberty First educational gear. We have phone covers, we have coffee mugs, we have t-shirts, sweatshirts, all kinds of stuff. And you know, we've been seeing people wearing the gear. They show up to our teachings with the gear on, and that's really, really exciting to me. Remember, our motto is not only liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over over personality, but also don't just pontificate, don't just reiterate, but educate. And that's what our t-shirts do for us. Um, WikiLeaks founder, Julie. Julian Assange was arrested last week, and Julian Assange is uh, facing charges relating to the WikiLeaks publication of documents on the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq using files leaked by Chelsea Manning. And they also are accusing him of conspiring with Manning to uncover more classified information along these lines. And that's a really interesting uh, uh, play on words there, conspiring, right? Chelsea uh, Manning says, you know, I don't really think I can find anything else. He says, oh, sure you can. (laughs) And now he's conspiring. By the way, are you digging the whole Mark's look he's got there? Uh, Seriously, what's he, 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 I don't know. Did they not give him a razor while he was in the the thing? I, I hardly even recognized him. He looks like somebody's old grandpa now. <laughs> so I'm. What I'm curious to hear is. So what do you? How is his prosecution a threat, either directly or indirectly, to freedom of the press? Or is it a threat directly? Is it a threat indirectly? Uh, what's what? What should we think about this? Because it's interesting that uh, I mean, so many are silent. Like it, we talked about this a little bit last show. 
Uh, and since it seems like nobody wants to touch this, nobody wants to actually go on the record and say much. You have, you know, Glenn, uh, what's his name? Green, Glenn Greenwald, mm-hmm. of the, the British, uh, whatever, the Guardian, right? He's always mm-hmm. on it, and Snowden, obviously. And, like, and there's a member of the it. House of Representatives. I forgot oh, what yeah, her the, name is, the uh, one from Hawaii. She's a Democrat uh, from Hawaii. veteran. Yeah, the yeah. Democrat veteran girl. Um, she's, yeah. she's So she's like up. the only one. Everybody's, mm-hmm. even Amash, Rand mm-hmm. Paul. Well, they're they're silent about That's it. That's what I mean. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's saying anything. It's like everybody's waiting. Let's right. let's wait and let's think. Let's see what's going on. So well, here's the you problem. You want to go out on a limb here? No, I just, here's <laughs> the problem that I have with the whole thing. If we're going to be engaging in military actions... And telling the people one reason why we're there, but actually being there for a completely different reason. Hiding from the American people why we're involved in a foreign conflict. Then people need to be leaking the truth to the American people. And I'll tell you why. Our constitutional republic is set up in such a way, whether Congress likes it or not, whether the National Security Agency likes it or not, whether the the committees like it or not, the American government constitutional republic is set up so that the people are supposed to have direct control over the representatives in congress it is also set up that the only way we can have a constitutionally established declaration of war is that declaration of war must come from congress so what that means is that Congress is only allowed to go to war when the American people want them to go to war right And so if the American people are not getting the truth about what's really going on, then the American people cannot be educated and they cannot be the control of the government that you're supposed to be. We don't have a government built on czars and chancellors. We have a government built on self-governance and the governance of the people. Right. And when we have a situation where the people cannot and I'm not talking about. See, this is a difference between uh, identifying undercover agents and identifying, you know, where our nuclear weapons are or whatever that I'm talking about being truthful and transparent with what's really going on so the people can make real Uh, real honest and educated assessments about whether we want our Congress to have our troops there or not. And that's what I believe that would be, was being leaked by the WikiLeaks. When we come back, JC, I want to show you something that happened also in the past. That's very, very similar to this that might help us even answer this question a little better. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris and Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall show. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. And we're talking about the Assange uh, arrest 
and taken into custody for conspiring to undercover more classified information. I'm wondering how many of the neocons I just ticked off in this last segment. Yeah. But this is, but like well, I, I said. I like the way, you, I mean, I really like the way you put that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's a good way to kind of think about it. And mm-hmm. if, you know, if the government is is lying, if the government is corrupt, I mean, if you think about it, this this process of, Leaking information to journalists has uncovered some of the you know some of the biggest crimes in history, right? Uh, being carried out by the government, so you know it's not unusual. Now the question, I guess, sort of buyer beware. You're doing it at your own risk. It doesn't mean you can't be prosecuted or whatever. I, I get that, but that doesn't make you a traitor to America. And I would assert yeah. to you that it really is an essential check of freedom of press because if the government can do if if those in power i'm going to put it that way because we don't identify the government as an entity so we must identify that these are people right this is not an uh, a, a mechanical entity this is actually people and if people can conduct their business uh, in such a way that they can do everything that they can in secret and then hide behind the cover of national security. And we are supposed to be a government of people who are controlling government, not government controlling us. How can we do that if the government acts like a monarchy or, a, or, or an oligarchy to which the people can't have information? Yeah, so let me, let me tell you what I, so how I see you know this particular let me thing let me on. show this first okay go ahead do you remember last year there was a movie out with uh meryl streep called the post oh yeah yeah so I, actually it was on last night and i skipped over it like yeah intentionally so but this it. exact thing exact same thing happened maybe i should have watched it in the 1970s so what we have is daniel ellsberg Okay, he's employed by the Rand Corporation, and uh, he created a political, national political controversy in 1971 when he released the Pentagon Papers, right. which were a top secret Pentagon study of the U.S. government's decision making in relation to the Vietnam War, and he released them to the New York Times and to the other newspapers. In a um, in the, in the 1996 article, the New York Times said that the Pentagon Papers had demonstrated, among other things, that the Johnson administration systematically lied, not only to the public, but also to Congress about why we were going to Vietnam. And, the, and, and this is what I'm talking about, creating an educated constituency so we can approve or disapprove of our Congress's involvement of our troops in other places. And so um, Ellsberg, he revealed these, these, uh, this report that was actually done by uh, uh, somebody in the military. He said he wanted to create an historical account of our efforts in Vietnam so that we wouldn't make the same mistakes over and over again. So he wanted to make an encyclopedia of Vietnam, he said. Sure. And what it, what it uncovered was that Johnson, the Johnson administration had said, we're not going to Vietnam to help the Vietnamese people. Mm. We're going to Vietnam to control China. Okay. So it was an establishment of, a, of, a, of an end run to push China oh, you know, back into its borders because they were afraid that China was going to become 
like World War II Germany and want to take over the world. Okay. But, Which the public may or may not have been for. Right, exactly. But they're not told. But they're not told. They're told something that was false. Exactly. And so when the American people are constitutionally supposed to be involved, they are entitled to be involved in this kind of decision-making through their representatives. They can't make the proper decisions when they're not getting the proper information. Because they, they lied to Congress, not only not only the public. Not only to the to public, Congress. but to Congress as well. And so Ellsberg releases these papers, right? And he is charged uh, uh, under the Espionage Act with charges of threat, uh, theft and conspiracy. He was actually charged with 115 with a maximum sentence of 150 years, 15 years in prison. But because listen to this, this is crazy. Because of governmental misconduct and illegal of evidence gathering, the, and uh, some great lawyers, they say, his charges were all dismissed in 1973. So here's my point with Assange. We don't know. Was Congress lied to as well? I mean, there's so many things that we don't know. And there's so many things that we need to know because we're not Great Britain. We're not, we're not Germany. We're not any of these other countries. We are a particularly unique country where we're actually supposed to play a role in the decisions of our federal government. So this is, so then this, in light of that, this is what I see with the Assange thing. So there in, in uh, what was the case in the post Washington post case, right? Somebody's basically giving this guy, giving the journalist the information. He leaked it. And then he's relaying, he's reporting, revealing mm -hmm. the, the information. Mm -hmm. So in the Assange case, it seems they're trying to, they're now trying to push the line. They're trying to push this narrative of, Okay, Assange wasn't just someone receiving information leaked by someone else. He was conspiring to get them to do it. Mm -hmm. And so they're pushing this thing. And from what I see, from what they report, which obviously maybe we don't have everything, but if they're hinging this assertion on what they're saying, like, you know, you see the dialogue between he, him and Manning and uh, where he says, where Manny says, I think this is all I'm, uh, I, I am going to be able to get. And he says, you know, well, maybe not, whatever. Maybe you can get more, you know, something like that. And so now that's somehow we're supposed to interpret that as he is actually, you know, he's the one that made Manning do it. So he's a conspirator. He's not just receiving information. So they seem to be pushing this line. Mm -hmm. this, this to me, I think, is the argument that people like Green, 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 whatever his name is, Glenwald, whatever, The Guardian, mm -hmm. uh, is saying that this is where it's becoming a threat to press because right. now you're sort of dragnetting the journalists into this. If you ask any questions from your source, yeah. now all of a sudden you're conspiring with your source. So what do you call, in First Amendment law, it's called... Uh, the chilling effect or whatever. The chilling, so, yeah, that's right. It's, so they're sort of trying to, it's it's like with this prosecution, they're trying to intimidate journalists in absolutely. the future mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, bully them preemptively mm -hmm. into revealing what might be important information that the American people need, uh, you know, need to hear. So if, right. you, if you're involved in this in any way, even though this has been, I mean, this has just been tradition, American tradition forever. I mean, this mm -hmm. is the way things work when government's corrupt and you have somebody come, somebody speaks out. Right. And journalists report it. And because, mm -hmm. you, you know, we're supposed to have an adversarial pos 
relationship between journalism and the government. Right? Yeah, see, that's the role of journalists. The purpose of freedom of press is to recognize that the the journalistic aspect of the of the population is one of the most uh, essential checks and balances on government itself. So then, that's the other part of it that seems to be the indir- indirect threat, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not really in the charging, they're not really making anti-journalistic charge, right? They're not charging him in relation to journalism, mm-hmm. okay? They're trying, they're like, they're going somewhere else. So it's really, it seems to me a, an indirect mm-hmm. threat, right? I right. mean, it is a direct threat, but they're not directly charging him in his status as mm-hmm. journalist. But the other part of that, and what you just said, so this goes to, I think, the the uh, a second threat uh, of who is a journalist. So they might say, okay, Chris Ann, what you say is so, yeah, that's true. You know, you shouldn't normally do that to journalists, However, this guy's not really a journalist. He runs a website. So right. that's the other part of it where now we're opening the door where the government in the midst of this this uh, pursuit of controlling their information and not letting the American public know about or the world know about stuff they may be lying about, that now they're in that context going to define what they allow to be journalism. Yeah, but see, here's the point, JC. The freedom of press is not about journalism. Well, it's yeah, not about so journalists. So broadly, here's, right. but here's my point. Um, uh, Edward Snowden had a right to freedom of press. Yeah. And the freedom of press is is merely the the freedom to disseminate your ideas and what and and the information that you have in whatever medium is appropriate so you know the the, the classification of assange as a journalist well i think even the, more so in relation the, to government right exactly exposing government. and ellsberg as a journalist sure they were clearly journalists but what we have to understand is this freedom of press is not tied to what what Diane Feinstein would say, people with bona fide credentials, right? This is that's what the government is trying to do to tie this to to people with cr- credentials linking them to press. But in reality, Snowden had a freedom of press because he was identifying he had come across information where the government was illegally spying on the American people, and the freedom of press established was. I just can't, I can't even say this enough, was actually established for such kinds of publications to expose to the people the illegal operations of government. That's why you don't have freedom of press when you're talking about some private entity. You have freedom of press when you're talking about the government because it's there to expose. And Edward Snowden, I didn't hear this argument with people, but Edward Snowden had a right to the freedom of press to publish what he discovered in the illegal activities of the American people irrespective of the fact that he didn't work for a magazine or a newspaper. Yeah, it makes me honestly think back of Sam Adams. I mean, Sam Adams basically was a citizen journalist. I mean, mm-hmm. he he created, like, he so he's cataloging all these, these abuses that are going on, mm-hmm. and then he created, he made his own website, so to speak. <laughs> like, he created the, what do you call it, the Journal of Daily Occurrences or whatever right. it was called. And, and then distribute him through the committees yeah. of correspondence. So, I mean, it's the exact same thing. So, if so, you know, if Julian Assange is not a journalist, uh, Edward Snowden, as he's sharing this, whatever, if he, if he doesn't have 
protection of freedom of speech, then neither did Sam Adams. Sam right. Adams wasn't a journalist, mm-hmm. and Sam Adams, you know, did not have freedom of speech. So this goes back to the core foundations of who we are. And I would say, look for these arguments. This, I, I would anticipate this is what they're going to try to attack. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I see you have up on your screen there, JC. I'm just, I just can't hardly, I can't hardly even stand it. I've, I've been, I've been glancing over it, flaming out my earlobes. And James Comey uh, apparently said, I never thought of electronic surveillance as spying. And how can you, how, how can you hear something like that and then not know what, what Edward Snowden did was absolutely essential to the people? Absolutely. See, if you have government Idiots like this. The, the director of FBI. I mean, this is the guy that's going to be doing the surveillance, doing the spying, mm-hmm. says, I never thought of electronic surveillance as spying. Of course not. And here's the thing, <laughs> JC. The American people would have never been informed about it if Snowden hadn't released the information, hadn't hadn't published yeah, the, the information right. that he found. Mm-hmm. And this is why freedom of press is so essential, absolutely essential, because it's about making the American people educated as to what is going on. It's about making the American people active participants. And I hate that word participants, JC. Shame me for using that. We are not participants in government. We are government. Mm -hmm. Our legislators are the participants. Our governors are the participants. Our congressmen, our president are the participants. We are the government. And we have lived in a society for so long, whether it be ignorance, excuse me, ignorance or apathy or complacency, where we've just transferred that role. Then now you get morons like J.C. James Comey. Electronic surveillance is not spying. So back to the Assange thing. Uh, now, lo- looking at the face of it, I think of I-, I think of the Washington Post case, the Pentagon Papers mm-hmm. case, and think, okay, with what what they did and what they had and all the evidence, and this guy, you know, that guy had had his case thrown out, mm-hmm. then surely the Assange case I mean, looks ridiculously weak. I think you know what, Julian, you should not have hidden in Ecuador. You should have just gone to court right <laughs> off the bat and had this over and done with you could you could be through now writing, right writing your books right you know living in your own home <laughs> living in your own however home. now we are in a, a different, different day. world absolutely I, as crazy as it seems we we have less due process than we did 40 years ago yes yeah, so if if uh, assange is is found guilty okay even though the charges what they're charging him with is not a direct charge relative to journalism, press, whatever. 
what kind of impact does this have on freedom of speech? Is this a major, major case? Is this a significant I case? really think this is a significant case if, if he is actually prosecuted uh, and is found guilty. Well, either way, I think it's a, if, if they take it to some kind of judicial decision, either way, it's going to be a big case because this is about the chilling effect. This is going to either have an encouraging effect or a chilling effect. And I, I think that anytime, anytime you enter into the legal system with, with issues of fundamental rights in line, there's always a danger for it to go either way. I mean, we saw that when we, when we yeah. filed the federal suit against my boss who fired me. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a always crap a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get. So this case says three things to me. So if you, if Assange were found guilty, okay, to me it sends three messages. Uh, one, to a potential whistleblower who comes across, you know, information of corrupt government activity that you have, you really have no outlet. There is, you have no protection. Right. Right. Uh, if you, re- if you release- identify cr- uh, 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 government corruption, you better sit on it and say nothing because there's nothing for you to or, do. Or, you know, you release at your own risk, meaning right. you, you are guaranteed to be mm-hmm. prosecuted and you will have no protections mm-hmm. and nobody, there's nobody that you can go to that, right? Uh, number two, it says to, the, to journalism, it says to the press, right? Everybody disseminating information. You have no protections. Right. If you reveal a release or report. And then the only, government wants to. Right. So mm-hmm. now we're going to be arresting and prosecuting journalists. Right. right. So then third, the third message then, this sort of builds on each other, says to the American people, there is no protected process whereby you, you no longer have an advocate or an advocate advocacy process known as the press to reveal corrupt information otherwise hidden by your government and liberty is dead